You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, January 10th. The 49ers are in their playoff bye week, but the grind doesn't stop for them, and it doesn't for us either. So joining me for your favorite Wednesday morning show is Wayne Breezy. John couldn't make it today, but we're going to keep the vibes going. Ain't, ain't that right, Wayne? You already know. It's Wild Out Wednesday. For those that know what time it is, we got a bunch of stuff to wild out on, and I can't wait to get down to the nitty-gritty. Let's go. Let's do it. Because, you know, we got a lot of uh, injury updates from Kyle Shanahan yesterday, Tuesday afternoon. And I want to say, like, like most of them are pretty good. So let's get into it right away. Uh, first things first, Clinton Farrell, who who uh, exited the game on Sunday with a knee injury. He's going to miss a few weeks, according to Kyle. Uh, possible to get him back sometime in the playoffs. But dealing with, like, few weeks, I, I'd say at least one game. That's kind of what Kyle said as well. Eric Armstead, though, should get him back in practice this week. That's going to be huge for this team. Christian McCaffrey, seems like they're going to hold him out of practice this week, but he should be able to practice with the team starting next week. George Kittle, who was held out of the game with back spasms, He's doing much better, to, according to Kyle, so he should practice in, in some form this week. Juwan Jennings, who you know missed the last couple of weeks with a concussion, he's out of the protocol. That is great news for the team. Good to have him back for the playoffs. John Feliciano dealing with a back injury. He is day-to-day. Dre Greenlaw, who was held out of the game with uh, Achilles tendonitis. That sounds scary, right? Uh, he didn't play Sunday, but... The team's going to be smart with him this week, so don't be surprised if that means he doesn't practice this week. They're just playing it safe with him. Jair Brown, uh, with his knee injury, the team hopes to get him back this week. Same thing for Tashawn Gibson, dealing with the quad. He should be back at practice. Ambry Thomas, as well, who had surgery on his hand, will be back at practice this week. And another big one, safety George Odom. He's been on IR with the torn bicep. He will have his uh, 21 day practice window opened. So I'm I'm seeing two very big updates for the 49ers here in terms of getting guys back. And I want to talk first about Eric Armstead because having him back potentially for the playoffs is going to be huge. I know Kyle Shanahan mentioned that he probably would have even played in week 18 if it was a must win. So that's a good news. That's some good news and you know seems to indicate that he's on you know the right path going forward. Yeah, look, Eric Armstead returning to practice is a huge, huge, I don't want to say bonus, but, man, he's been missing. We always know what type of presence he adds to this defensive front. Um, when you're talking about the 49ers run defense, as well as the pass rush, uh, as well as being able to contain outside when he goes to the edge. So Eric Armstead is going to be a big plus having back and let's just hope that he has some really good practices uh thursday and friday i'm sure they'll take it a little slow with him just get him back into you know football shape and then he'll probably go a little bit harder next week as they start to prepare for one of the four teams that they're gonna have to play uh or whatnot in the divisional round but i think getting eric armstead back steph is like the 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 icing on the cake uh you know how well they play when he plays with javon hargrave it's like they don't even have to communicate, but the communications is, is all point. 
And that's kind of like how you want. I remember hearing the offensive line talking about not being able to, like, not having to talk to one another, but being able to still communicate, whether it's body language, sign language. And I think when you get the veteran, the blueprint to the 49ers defense back, man, it just makes things come together so much easier. Uh, you know, so getting Eric Armstead back is going to be huge. And I'm praying that, you know, the foot and that that little lingering knee issue that kind of, uh, you know, cleared up over time. I'm hoping things are going right. For Eric, it's just pain tolerance when it comes to the plantar fasciitis. And I'm not the one to tell him when he's in pain or not. I know my feet hurt every single day. So I can imagine what it's like. Yeah, I can imagine what it's like uh, on his level. Yeah, and it it kind of feels like these last few weeks with Armstead out, like the defensive line has been treading water a little bit. Like they've been getting by. You see like the run defense is taking a step back a bit. They brought in Sebastian Joseph Day. Um, And now with Joseph Day in the mix, I think that helps alleviate Eric Armstead a little bit because you don't have to have him out there for every single snap. You could continue to keep him fresh and make sure – that, you know, the pain doesn't get too crazy during the playoffs because that's not what you want either. You don't want him, like, reverting back to how it was. Um, So, yeah, hopefully the 49ers, I'm sure, will be smart with him. But at the same time, I'm sure they can't wait to have him back out there uh, for this defensive line. And I also wanted to ask you about George Odom, man, because Odom, even though he's buried on the depth chart as far as, like, safeties go, but in special teams – that man is is huge for special teams. And we've kind of seen, you know, like the the coverage on special teams be it's all right, you know, but with George Odom there, it was good, right? So I'm I'm expecting that to improve in a big way during the playoffs, and that should be huge for them. Yeah, I'm the practice window is open, and I'm hoping that he'll be cleared to go uh play, you know, divisional round game at home. Uh, and, and this is good for the 49ers because you mentioned special teams. And I just want to remind the faithful that he's an all pro. So I don't I want to I want to make sure we understand that he has all pro next to his name uh, as a special team player. And, you know, there's some significant special team players in the NFL that made a living. And I'm not saying this is George Odom. I'm not saying that he can't play safety. I think having him there to play safety is the bonus uh, because that's his natural position. But if you go look at the New England Patriots, a guy that's been playing for over, what, 18 seasons, Matthew Slater, who's set to retire uh, this season, uh, like he has made his name as a special team player, as a gunner in the NFL, and he's done it for over 18 years, if I'm not mistaken, may even be longer. All right, I think he was there when Brady got there. So let that sink in. But my point is he made a name for himself as that particular uh, position and made the Pro Bowl like every single season, made all pro just about every like freaking year he's played. And that's kind of what George Odom brings to the San Francisco 49ers. And Steph, I know you know this better than I do, but the Niners were scouting him the same year that they were scouting uh, some of those players when 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 he was, uh, you know, being drafted. And, and unfortunately, he ended up going to the team that he ended up getting drafted by. So that's the, you could tell that he's been on the Niners radar. So to get him back is another huge addition because we're talking about the third eye or that third factor of the San Francisco 49ers where 
they, they, they've been struggling a, a, a little bit. Field position is everything, right? And when yeah. you're trying to flip a game of field position, you want to make sure a couple of things. You get down there, you're wrapping and tackling. You're not giving up any extra yards on the return, and that's where George Odom comes in. Plus, like I said, you're going to get a, a guy that can play the safety position. We've seen him play it, and so now you get another veteran to rotate. You talked about rotation in and out of that position. So it's good to have Odom back as well. Yeah, special teams is one of those things that's often it often gets forgotten about, but you don't really notice it until it's bad and right. until it hurts you. And and so, again, the 49ers, you know, as, as Technic Sheik points out, treading water there, too. Uh, but in the playoffs, they're going to need that. So it, that's a good sign that George Odom will be back as for Eric Armstead as well. But as for Clinton Farrell, that was like kind of the only, you know, downside to the injury news that we got yesterday he's been solid for the team this year as uh their starting edge rusher opposite nick bosa and the depth they're starting to look thin again if you look at you know the uh, who is it, it drake green drake, drake jackson is on ir right now so they haven't right. had him for a few weeks so take clinton fair out of the mix you have randy gregory chase young Robert Beal, who's he's still kind of working his way back from IR. I know he played on Sunday, uh, but he's a rookie, right? He hasn't gotten that many reps with this team, with this group. So it's it's looking a little thin. How much is, you know, this injury without Farrell, if they have him uh, or if they play without him, maybe one, two playoff games, how much might that hurt him? The, the, the 49ers um, pass rush is a little intricate this season. It's it's not the tee-off pass rush that we kind of know of where, you, you know, those edges are going to go in after the quarterback. I will say it will hurt the team. Uh, he is your starter opposite Bosa. But now you're going to ask Chase Young to step up. And, and Chase Young is going to have to fulfill that role, which is something that I believe and know that he can do. But, again, your depth now drops off, right, because now you're not going to have a fresh rotative piece and Chase Young. And so the Niners and, and, and you know, Chris Kosarek is just going to have to work his magic and get something from, from some of these other players. Randy Gregory is going to have to – he's going to get a bigger role. Uh, they're just going to get more snaps. Now, it all depends on who you're playing, okay? And so you look at week one, who are your, who are your options, right? It's Jordan Love. It's, it's Baker Mayfield, okay? It's, it's Matthew Stafford, or who, who am I missing? It's, it's, it's one more quarterback that I can't think of off the top of my head. But those are the quarterbacks that you're going to have to deal with. Jalen Hurts. And or or sorry, Jalen Hurts, and they kind of have the they kind of have the blueprint on the mobility of quarterbacks, and so it comes down to them just being disciplined and 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 knowing how to contain the edge. And with Eric Armstead being back, that's the bonus, right? And so like he can line up on true. the outside, you know what I'm saying? Or you're forcing those guys to funnel up the middle uh, and and to take away those edge rushing lanes. And so none of those guys are really trying to get outside the pocket, other than maybe a Jalen Hurts, maybe maybe a Matthew Stafford. Uh, and so that I don't think it hurts us too much. I think I think it's going to be all right, but the rotation will be a little deplenished. Like you know what I mean? Because you're taking away, you're Take, you're going to give more snaps to one of these other guys and more snaps for Robert Bill, who got his first freaking sack on the year. So, hey, yeah, I, I, I can dig it. 
Yeah, good good for Robert Beale, man. Like it, it's good to to see him get some action and not just action, but good action, uh, getting his first sack. So that was nice to see. And you bring up a good point. Eric Armstead, you know, he has played on the outside before. That's something the 49ers can toy with if they want to, because they have Joseph Day now, so he can play inside. You move Eric Armstead out. Like, yeah, you could you could mess around with the rotation a little bit. You could you know, play chess a little bit on the defensive line. So Chris Kacarek, you know, he has his work cut out for them with, with the depth right now, but he has flexibility with some of these guys. So that'll definitely be interesting. Well, if the 49ers weren't worried about their edge depth, they're focused on shoring up their cornerback depth right now. And the 49ers did work out a veteran corner, Casey Hayward, formerly of the Chargers, most recently with the Atlanta Falcons. When Kyle Shanahan spoke with the media yesterday, he was asked about it and he said, well, we're allowed six veterans on practice squad, and we like those veterans to be guys who can help us in a pinch. Losing JV was tough, so we wanted to make sure we at least got to get another corner in. We want to take a look at some bets since that spot opened up. So two things here. One, it sounds like, you know, their homework isn't done. They're they're probably going to uh, poke around some other cornerbacks to potentially bring in. They haven't signed Hayward yet, so, you know, still doing some homework, but Two is the fact that, you know, they're really emphasizing wanting to bring in a veteran here. And that was kind of the point in bringing Verrett in one, because he already had experience with the team, but that veteran presence, remember everything that this team said about Verrett and how he was like a big brother to a lot of those guys in the secondary, they kind of want to have some of that going, even with Verrett out who, you know, it seems like he's going to stick around, but they want someone out on the field as well during practices and all that. Uh, whoever they sign will probably be signed to the practice squad. But what do you think about the 49ers looking in particular for veteran corner depth at this point in the season? Well, you're in the playoffs now. And so uh, it has to be a veteran at this point. Why? Because a, co- a couple of things. One, just just to keep the locker room at bay, uh, to keep them, you know, just just having that veteran in the locker room helps out tremendously. You still have a very young and talented uh, defensive back uh, core that doesn't have a lot of experience, right? And so, you know, Traverius Mooney Ward is a vet. He's been in the Super Bowl and actually has a ring. Uh, and so then you're saying to yourself, all right, who else can we add to that room? Because we got a bunch of young guys, even with Deamadur Lenore, and I know he's been as far as the NFC Championship game, but now you got some rookies in there. Jair Brown is back. We're talking safety yeah. uh, as well. Now you got Logan Ryan there as, as, as veteran depth. And so it's cool to have veterans in there just to keep things kind of like in perspective. Like, guys, look, we got work to do, blah, 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 blah. We got to lock in, lock out, whatever. And on the other side with, with this the the situation these guys have experience right so they can kind of be sort of plug and play again i'm sure i'm sure defensive coordinator steve wilkes has had a say and some of these guys that he wants to bring in because notice how they're cornerbacks notice how they're secondary guys and these are guys he can kind of help get whipped into shape real quick if need be right if need be you talked about him going to the practice squad he hasn't played since 2022 and so he doesn't have any football you know play since that that time and he only played what six games during that season and so look this is good for the Niners um 
even though he hasn't been signed yet, like you said, you're sure they're going to be looking to work out other veterans. And let's see which veteran will be available. The thing I liked most about Jason Verrett was not only you were getting a veteran, you were getting somebody that was familiar with the players as well as the system. And so that was the bonus, right? Now you're bringing in a guy that isn't familiar but does have the veteranship in the NFL. So this can only be, in my opinion, uh, a nice little safety net and a bonus in the locker room for the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know what it is about like the 49ers secondary or the way it's coached, you know, the scheme, but it feels like whenever the 49ers do sign a veteran, like these past few years, it does feel like they could be plug and play. And I don't know if it's just because of the experience or if it's something with the scheme that kind of just makes it easy for them to plug and play. But I've, I've noticed that. And I, I think it could be good. So regardless of the fact of Casey Hayward, you know, he hasn't played in, in a bit. Um, that experience should help him be able to just come in here and, and find his way. And, you know, guys like Steve Wilkes going to make it easy for him. Right. So I think that's a, that's definitely a plus for this team, especially going into this like final stage of the season for the 49ers. I think it's important to have that veteran presence. I I think like also when they signed Logan Ryan, like part of the reason they wanted someone with like that Super Bowl experience, right? A guy who's done it, a guy who's won it, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day, kind of same thing. So you, you're adding veteran guys who have that experience already, and that could really help take this group to the next level, even from like the experience mental standpoint of it all. So I think it could be big for this team. Um, to to have that, especially with a lot of youngsters um, in the secondary. You mentioned Jair Brown. Now, going back to Jair Brown and, and Logan Ryan, Kyle was asked about, you know, Logan Ryan, if he'll get like extra opportunity, you know, in the playoffs, given the fact that he's been filling in for Jair and he's looked good. Right. And it seemed like like I've kind of thought about that as well. I think I mentioned it in last week's show, how I kind of feel like they kind of lean towards the side of experience in you know once they get into the playoffs they go the safe side and they go with the experience Logan Ryan would definitely be a safe option over Jair Brown I'm not saying I prefer that I'm just saying like from a team who maybe looks from that standpoint of you know we we want to go with the experience that could be something the 49ers consider but you know in Kyle Shanahan's answer I don't know if I was really convinced that that's something that we'll see maybe though if Jair Brown you know slips a little coming back from this injury you know maybe that makes way for Logan Ryan but it feels like Kyle Shanahan also really likes what Jair Brown has done to this point and so they do have a lot of trust in him as well yeah I agree look when it comes to Kyle Shanahan like I, I feel like he just either he's gonna roll with the hot hand and if something slips up it's cool because now you have Jair Brown to reinsert back into uh, the start of defense. But I really think it comes down to what Steve Wilkes want. I think Kyle Shanahan trusts his defensive coordinator and his decisions. And so when it comes to Jair Brown, look, you asked this rookie to come in due to an injury and fill in at probably one of the most difficult positions in the 49ers scheme. Might be easy to play safety in any other scheme, but with the 49ers, 
you have to be able to play safety. And let's just di- differentiate. There's no free safety. There's no strong safety. I know that's what the league says. But for the 49ers, you got to be able to play them both. And we've watched them do good. We've watched them struggle. And now we're watching them injured, coming off this injury. And I think that's what it comes down to, Steph. Like, how healthy is he going to be? Uh, I think he will get a shot. If he is out there, he's healthy, and he's doing what he was doing before he got injured, I think he's going to be just fine. The key is you have veteran depth in case something happens. And to me, that's the safe plan. That's the insurance plan for Kyle Shanahan. So luckily, I feel like right now, Logan Ryan's whipping himself back into football shape because he was another one that hadn't played in a while, right? But you brought in a veteran guy with Super Bowl experience because the Niners are going to the Super Bowl, whether people like it or not, that is what's going to happen. And you brought in Super Bowl guys with that experience. And so for Logan Ryan, he's been doing a tremendous job. His number was called, had one little or two little maybe two little brain farts but you're going to get brain farts at the safety position because you're asked to do a lot (laughs) yeah you're asked to you know you're just asked to do a lot believe it or not so I think Jair Brown if he's healthy if he's back and he has a great practice that's what we're not talking about if his practicing is great he'll be just fine yeah, practice means so much to, to Kyle Shanahan. Oh my so, gosh, so much! And it was actually interesting because you know Eric Armstead did kind of like a, a bonus episode on Sunday of his podcast, and he had uh, Javon Hargrave on, and he was asked about the difference between you know the Eagles' practice to the 49ers, and or I, I don't even think he was asked specifically about the practice. But Hargrave brought up the practice of how different those two are and just how hard this team practices. I know in the past it's kind of been like uh, a point of concern because at one point when the 49ers were dealing with a lot of injuries, injuries. like we we look at, well, they're practicing too hard kind of thing. And I know like other players in the past have kind of voiced that as well. Um and, and Eric Armstead said they've toned it down a bit. Like, this is the toned down version, Jaywan. Like, <laughs> and it's still hard practices. Uh, so that, that kind of brings me into, you know, Kyle talking about this bye week. He wants to have two, like, very vigorous practices, which I'm all for because if that's what this team has grown accustomed to all year, you kind of got to play it like you have been all year, right? So you kind of yep. have to act like you are playing – this week, Agreed. of course, they're going to have the weekend off, but they're going to have two practices this week as if they are going to be playing. And I think that's part of what's going to, you know, eliminate that rust factor, the potential of that. It seems like Kyle Shanahan is very keen on making sure, you know, they don't build up any rust. I I agree. I agree again. Look, Kyle Shanahan is old school. I, I, I want people to remember the the tree that he was birthed from. And what he grew up watching. Now, Kyle Shanahan also has to follow the rules of the CBA and and what's going on in the NFL. But if you know Kyle Shanahan like we know him, he is going to stretch the rule as far as he can go. And he's going to get the hardest practices he can create within the rules right and so i know a lot of people feel like oh we're not practicing hard enough we we can't the the players didn't like it right them two days the all that stuff is Mm -hmm. gone but kyle shanahan is finding a way to manipulate the system and you said something super important uh you said you know 
it, it's really how you practice it. And Kyle Shanahan said that is how you're going to end up interpreting it out, out there on the football field. So you get some hard practices. And the key is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Now, they're going to get the proper rest and relaxation. That's what I'm going to be talking about on the Wayne Breezy show a little bit later today. They're going to get that. But they also are going to have that mindset and as well as if they were playing this week. And that's what I'm that's what I love about this team. This team knows that they only got a few more games left to hoist that Lombardi. And so it's not over. And Fred Fred Warner talked about recommitting and that's what it's coming down to. And it starts with the head coach and now you can see the players dialed in. And you got the right amount of veterans and I think the mixture yep. of the right amount of young talent to keep that team to keep this team balanced. That's the difference between this team now and say like the 2019 team when there were a lot of the guys who are like the the building blocks of this team. They were like first year, second year players in 2019. So now they, you know, they got a little more experience. They maybe a little more jaded from all the times that they've gotten so close, um, you know, but I think it's good for them to have that and it. it I think it's built this maturity going into it now where it's like what Fred was saying, like we got to, we got to lock in now. And it's a selfless goal. I think that's the biggest thing too. It's not about any one player. It's about all the entire team has to have that one goal in mind. And I kind of feel like that's where they're at. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited for, you know, this next month for the 49ers. I'm assuming wholeheartedly they're they're going to be playing for the next month, you know. So uh, that that's just it is what it is. I I did want to mention though, because I didn't mention this when we were talking about the pass rushers, but something that isn't lost on me is the fact that Chase Young hadn't had a bye week. I think we, we might have mentioned that in the show before, but when you look at what he's done, or maybe like if you look at what he hasn't done. That could be a good reason. Remember how Nick Bosa looked like right before the 49ers bye week? Fresh. Like, well, he yeah, was pe- he was tired then, but when he yeah. came back, he was fresh. And that that's where I was getting to uh as you as you mentioning that. Look, we thought well, I, I most of us thought that Chase Young was going to get a few reps in that wash in that last game and in, in the game against the Rams. A few, like a few reps, take him out, let him relax. Nope. He he went full body. I think he had the he had most of the reps at the defensive uh, edge position. Yeah. This week for Chase is straight. You practice hard for your two days, and then you're gonna have that time, you know, rest or whatever. And I think though, Steph, this is you know with the injury to Cleveland Farrell, that's why I said I think this is gonna be a great big week for him. Uh, when he, when whoever the team is, we have to play. Like watch, just watch. So he'll get some rest, and now he'll come back fresh, just like. Imagine having a fresh Bosa and a fresh Chase Young. And what if the Niners wouldn't put him in because they knew they had to manage his snaps because of not having the bye week? And so you got a, we got a glimpse of what it would look like with just Chase Young out there on the football field. You know what I saw? I saw pressure in the backfield and just poor execution when it came to wrapping and tackling. That's it. So that means he can get back there. That's not a problem. So now he just has to finish. And I think a fresh Chase Young finishes most of those sacks that he missed out. Yeah, because that's exactly that was the same thing we saw with Bosa, right? Same thing. Pressures, pressures, but not like translating into sacks. And even if Chase Young doesn't get the sacks, if he can generate pressure at a consistent 
pace like that helps everyone else on the defensive line guys have to watch out for him so I think you know with Clinton Farrell missing at least one game in the playoffs you're gonna lean on Bosa you're gonna lean on Chase Young those guys gonna have to step up but with the fact that they're gonna be getting additional rest I think there's a good chance that you know the defensive line is gonna be all right so it's good speaking of you know we were just talking about a former commander now uh, we're talking about a, a guy that's being interviewed to be a potential commander or uh, someone in their front office. Adam Peters, 49ers assistant GM, is getting a lot of attention this year in terms of uh, GM or just uh, exec positions in the NFL. He was interviewed by the commanders last night, Tuesday, and also the Raiders and the Chargers have requested permission to interview him as well. So, man, Peters is busy man right now. And I assume with the bye week right now is, is a good time for him to get these interviews off. I know we don't like to see it, but the, there's a simple solution on the 49ers side. And it is just to promote the man, something we haven't seen yet in the past. Adam Peters has not taken you know, the interview request, right? He's turned them down. Seems like he's happy, like he's content. And, and you know, this past year, the 49ers went on to make him the assistant GM, you know, just a little promotion probably came with some extra dollars too. You know, Jed York's good for that. But, you know, now he's he's getting more attention and he's taking the interview. So what does that sort of tell us about where Adam Peters is at in his career? Like, could he possibly, you know, be getting ready to take that next step outside of the 49ers. I think he's doing his due diligence as and 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 taking his rewards as they're giving. I mean, when you look at what Adam Peters has been to the 49ers uh organization, it, it's it's been nothing but hey, this is my focus. This is what I'm going to do. And you know, we we you almost forget what his title was before they bumped him up a little bit to assistant uh, general manager, but nobody wants to remain. Now. I wouldn't want to stay as an assistant general manager when I have an opportunity of someone offering me a general management position. I mean, I go to work, right? And they say, hey, we love everything that you're doing here. Thank you very much. So we're going to, we can't make you general manager. We can't make you the general manager of, of the franchises, but we can make you assistant general manager. I mean, you're going to be like, okay, but at some point you want to grow. And Adam Peters is at that point to where where he's always been looked into like a lot of teams felt like they can start building their franchise with a guy like Adam Peters as well as he does when it comes to scouting talent and drafting and things like that and so for Adam Peters for the faithful I just want y'all to understand that like you know it's 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 business and it's nothing personal if he does choose to leave and let's just salute him and support him just like we did Ron Carthan and everybody else that ended up leaving the organization uh we we it's cool to have our cake and eat it too but at some point we got to be able to accept the fact that he may be gone now he's not gone as of yet and we got a Super Bowl to prepare for and I guarantee you that's why they're taking uh this week to do some of these interviews and things like that because y'all know the NFL and these teams don't give two cares about the 49ers. They will try to interview our players in the midst of that week during that NFC champ, uh, Super Bowl week. They're going to interview them, too. <laughs> They're going to get interviews there as well because it's a week off before that Super Bowl. So don't, right. don't 
it's going to happen. So it's going to happen. We've been there. We've done that. We've been there before. You know what I would like to see? If if we don't, if we, I'm sure we're going to try to replace like internally. I don't know who would get that, that look for the 49ers. But this would be good for John Lynch because he's been the GM and he's gotten the extensions. And now with Adam Peters being gone, was Adam Peters like his crutch? Did they divide and conquer? All right, we're going to take these. We're going to take the risks on the first and second round. Peters, you get rounds three through five, and we'll figure out six and seven. So this is going to be something good. I want to see how well John Lynch continues to draft as well in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think we would get our answer fairly quickly. Like if Adam Peters were to leave, how much of a hand did he have? Because we we truly don't really know we from don't the really outside know. looking in, right? Mm-hmm. Like we hear these things, maybe a player or two that, you know, he really liked and all that. But, I mean, we really don't know. But based on the attention that he's getting and all these interview requests, I would imagine, you know, the league talks, you know, they're, they're all buddies. So I would assume there's a lot of good word being spread about Adam Peters. And that's why he's getting all this attention, but shout out Jax, man. She says uh, great show guys. Thank you for the donation. Appreciate all of you tuning in and, and uh, keeping the comments lit here. Uh, I got to turn to this question from fish and chips regarding that's Adam Peters. Question. If we win the ring, does John Lynch ride off to his family and Peters stay home in California? Hmm. That's, that's a good question. Interesting. I, I don't think Lynch is, it doesn't, he doesn't seem to be done with, with football. Um, so winning the, ch- cause it's like when you win one, oh, I could get another one. Yeah. <laughs> I can, oh yeah. Like, cause you want to make sure you can prove to yourself that you could do it again. That's this is how franchises are started, though, right? And so we're talking about, excuse me, dynasties. And 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 so if if the family and every everybody's in the same, you know, they're all coherent. What's going on? And John Lynch still gets the blessing from his his beautiful family to continue to do his job. This is all about creating a dynasty. And so if they win one, I don't see Lynch walking off into any sunset. I see him coming back trying to make sure it's 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 a competitive thing, right? Can I do it again? Can can I can I put the right team, the right people place people in place together to do it again? And can I do it again after that? And then again after that. And so I don't see Lynch walking off into the sunset. I mean, and and always what I'm saying is the dude turned down 85 billion dollars to like be on TV to do this to have get more gray hair, end up with a bunch of, I'm sure, a bunch of headaches, a bunch of people telling him he's trash, like, and he's doing it. And so I don't think he's going to walk away into the sunset. And that's the nature of, like, football players and former football players. They never lose that competitive spirit, and they want to be, like, a lot of them want to be around football even after retirement. John Lynch, no different. He's one of those guys, and he has mentioned you know, how being a GM keeps him close to that, you know? So I, I agree. I don't think he would leave, but, you know, walking off into the sunset, I'm sure will be a thought in his mind. Like you got to consider that for your family and all those things. But ultimately I don't think he leaves. So really the 49ers only choice, if they do want to keep John Lynch and Adam Peters in the same building, continue to do that. They have to promote Adam Peters. Uh, to GM and well, John and, Lynch, and, and that doesn't mean the dynamic necessarily has to change. It's just the title. It's, it's just, just the title. title, and and maybe a little more extra what, money, maybe another comma. I don't know. <laughs> what would the title be though for Lynch? I'm trying to like, how do you well, go? You got owner, you he, got pres president, 
No. He so they remember they gave him uh, and I'm trying to find like the uh they I remember, gave him another I just, title. I can't when, think of what it is though. Yeah, I'm trying but, to I'm gonna look it up right now. Um is he the president and GM? I can't he's remember. A pre- he's the president of something. Uh I'll tell you right now once the 49ers website he's the president of football operations i don't know but they could give him yeah president of football operations general manager right what he is so So he could just keep the president title and then adam peters becomes the general general manager manager. and And then they still share responsibilities they could have the same dynamic there you go but but lynch would get paid more money (laughs) like they would have to i think they would i think they would offer him a, a, a a little bit more to lose the GM to be listen being a GM you got if you play fantasy football okay okay I'm gonna break it down into layman's terms because that's the greatest way to figure out how to be a GM and it ain't easy okay especially when you got multiple teams all right I think next year Steph just gonna have one team and that's it I've gave I've probably gain weight and giving myself more gray hair trying to manage more than one team so when it comes to general managing you know it, it it's not just creating a culture this is that and the third you gotta live on how to improve the team daily it, like not even weekly like daily like ah oh, man this player not looking too good i know we got him signed is there anybody available you got it but you and you got people in place to divide and conquer and to do the legwork but at the end of the day you the face and so you got to come out there and we didn't even talk about speaking and doing all the other stuff it's a tough job i'm not and i think adam peters could do it i think he'll do it very well but i think john lynch has been doing a very good job at general managing you know they 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 swung for the fences at the very beginning they figured out a formula and now they the, the, you can't tell me that the 49ers haven't created a standard watch yeah. other teams from now on say bump the quarterback in the first round if they can they're still going to take the risk on on them, them big big names watch how teams are going to start scouting quarterbacks just because the 49ers have Brock Purdy watch Guarantee it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there. I think we've already seen that in in the last draft. I want to say, but yeah, that's, that'll continue. And yeah, you you bring up some some good points, right? Like, I I do think that Adam Peters, you know, he he wants to be a, a GM at some it's, point. It's his time. It's his time. You know, like we. We've already seen this with like all the head coaching hires too. Like all these guys move up the ladder, it's their time. The question is, you know, do the 49ers want to keep him or do they let him spread his wings somewhere else? That is the question that hopefully we we get sooner than later. Uh, shout out Shawnee says, at least I consistently text at the wrong time, office loafer, not pinching, official title. Okay, so <laughs> uh, so you have to understand. If you watched the No Harm, No Foul show yesterday, Steph, when you get well, a chance. I watched that clip. Okay. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> you guys, guys wilding. <laughs> Yo, listen, I it wasn't supposed to go that way, but it ended up going to. Anyway, if you watched the show, at one point, I felt like the show turned when he he called me first, but didn't realize, I guess, I was, we were live. And then, and then he gave a super chat. And then in the super chat, he talked about pin, pinching a loaf. And I didn't know what that meant. What does so that Mike, mean? you don't want to know what it means. Not on your channel. Trust me, it's it's something you don't want to know. 
And so that's why he's talking about officer, office loafer, not a pinching. We were talking about pinching the loaf. Just know it has to do with bowel movements. I'll leave oh, it at that. Okay. But we learned about it yesterday. <laughs> we literally had a lesson on pinching a loaf. It was crazy. So when you get a chance and you're on your lunch break or you're at work, or you're just chilling, just it's, it's just watch it. And you'll just be like, these cats is crazy. And it started with him. That's where it started. It started with Sean. Well, yeah, it sounds like I'm going to have to watch that one back because everyone's talking about, you know, See? they got to watch it again. And it was it was hilarious. So I'm going to have to catch that one on the replay. Uh, but I saw that clip and I was already like, man, you guys crazy. Uh, when you thought, you know, I was already, you know, poking some fun at the, the thumbnail, but I was like, man, it didn't even stop there. Wayne's crazy. And I didn't know it was going to go toward that direction. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. Okay. Oh no. But you know what? Uh yeah, you guys check that out on Wayne's channel uh after this show. Uh we got one more topic to talk about here, and it's still on the matter of you know 49ers <sighs> this is gonna be a tough getting one a lot me. of interest again. And it's this time it's Steve Wilkes, 49ers defensive coordinator. He's only been this here one se- this one season, and dude is this already one getting is tough this, this one's one already getting stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is tough oh, one. yeah. But you know what? Okay, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that don't know, and you guys probably already know, Steve Wilkes is getting head coaching interest. Uh, the Chargers did request an interview for him. But Kyle Shanahan seems to allude to the fact that there are other teams that are interested as well. He's gotten a lot of phone calls, he said. So it's possible that Steve Wilkes gets more interviews uh besides just the chargers but i'll say this way i'm not as worried about steve wilkes departing as i have been about other defensive coordinators in the past and i will tell you why it's not that i don't think that steve wilkes has done a good job because he's done a great job with this group certainly coming in here and being told okay don't change too much but just also do what you do you know that's difficult in itself he's done a great job Uh, with the dynamic of everything and, uh, you know, keeping the defense playing at a, at a high level like it was before. But two, I, I think that Steve Wilkes is also not the same head coaching candidate that maybe D'Amico Ryans was that maybe Robert Sala was, you know, that, that may, I, I know I'm missing what Mike McDaniel, like if you want to include him as, you know, offensive coordinator, him getting interest, you know, elsewhere, it's not the same. And I'll tell you why. One, Steve Wilkes has already been a head coach. I do think that does help him in this case. That's why he's already getting some interest too. But the fact that he's not like this rising star, like some of those other guys were, I think He's not the hottest candidate of this cycle. Let's just put it at that. Understood. If he does what he did this season again, yes, let's let's have that conversation. And then I'd I'd be a little more, you know, like hesitant and and I'd be a little worried that he'd be departing after this season. But you got to look at some of the other candidates that are out there uh, for head coaching jobs this cycle. There's a lot of rising stars, right? And so I think Steve Wilkes is probably, you know, he's he's a good candidate, but for different reasons that other guys aren't. And I think teams look for the shiny new New thing, especially because they see the success of D'Amico Ryan's. They see the success of guys like Mike McDaniel, 
Uh, we're still waiting for Robert Sala, but you know, it, for the most part, it, it looks solid, I think. Uh, and so that's what teams want. You want like a a new hope, a, a new new blood kind of thing. And Steve Wilkes, he's an old school kind of guy. Uh, we've seen him coach before and all these things, head coach. Um, but he doesn't bring that. So I just wonder, I just don't think that this is going to be the cycle for him to depart. You know, you, you could be right. I, like, but for me, it's a little different because all those coaches that you mentioned, they came out of San Francisco. And so, like, I ain't, I ain't no other shining new stars in the league. They want 49ers coordinators. They they want 49ers coaches. Yeah. They want 49ers personnel. The shiny new stars, they just happen to be young, and they just happen to be shiny new stars. Now you can get you a good old reliable star, and he's proven, in my opinion, that he can coach. He went from up in the booth down on the football field. He did it both ways. One game's up in the booth, one game's down the field. So, like, I think that the league might have been making a mistake, not the league, but the teams, saying, like, damn, like, we probably should have gave him an opportunity to coach Carolina. Nope, Carolina wanted to move on to a shiny new star. How's that panning out for them? And so I'm just saying, new stars are cool when you got these young organization teams with first-round picks, blah, 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 because now you feel like they could grow. But we're talking about some teams that need those veteran head coaches like the Bill Belichicks and the Steve Wilkes, who does have head coaching experience. And where do these coaches, what if he ends up coaching New England? That might be a good spot. It doesn't have to be Mike Rabel just because he played in New England. It could be that they bring in another veteran guy that knows how to coach defense. What's New England known for? Their defense. They figure out how to supplement it with the offense, and they just can't get it right. And Bill Belichick, unfortunately, maybe their time is done. Now, he has not been fired as of yet. All I'm just saying is there's a bunch of places out there that can use a good old veteran guy to come in there, and guess what he can do? He can bring in stars, and he's learned being in San Francisco how to build, right? How to build successfully. Kyle Shanahan brought in everybody he grew up with and those he can trust and when you look at the players that he can trust he brought in guys like Bobby Turner and those are your older guys that you don't you don't even have to worry because you trust them the younger guys are the ones he kind of grew up with and you're watching Kyle Shanahan like just turn the NFL around because everybody that's a part of this organization ends up going somewhere and ends up being successful so congratulations to those shiny new stars you talked about but Steve Wilkes can be a good old yeller that could come out there and be like, I told y'all I could coach. I told y'all I could do this. Now let me get this opportunity. And that's what you want. You want them to get the opportunity. So maybe this isn't his cycle to go now. Maybe he wants to maybe he wants to stay and, and prove that he could do it again at a high level, just like the Miko Ryans did um, after his first season as a defensive coordinator. He stayed one more year, remember? And so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I just feel like teams are interested only in 49er coaches because they know that they're coming from a different type of pedigree. And who knows all the stuff Steve Wilkes has learned just by being here, how to run an organization, how to change a culture, how to how to how, just a lot. And so I think that's what that's what teams want. They want that. They want whoever's been here. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Coming through the 49ers. I think holds a lot of value to teams because they've seen the success. They see the culture and it's like, Oh, like that's the kind of culture you have. We want that. 
And and so I think that definitely helps Wilkes. I think Wilkes joined the 49ers with that in mind, knowing that like he would be a head coaching candidate again. That's ultimately what he wants. I think he does want to be a, a head coach again. Sean Shepard, uh, he says, better be careful. I'll send you both a loaf of uh, San Francisco sourdough. They bake. They don't pinch at the wharf. Uh, Steve Wilkes, Todd Boyles, I can, I'm assuming you, you meant I can name others. Great twos, terrible ones. He isn't a head coach. Wow. Maybe that's true. Maybe. But I think being with the 49ers, I do think Wilkes will get another head coaching opportunity. And I don't just mean interviews. I think he will be offered a position. I just don't think it'll be this year. And it, it would be good for the 49ers if you waited another year. I'll just name a couple of reasons. One, because the reason that they didn't feel comfortable, I think, bringing in someone in-house, promoting someone in-house to be the defensive coordinator is because I think the guys who they're kind of grooming to, to be that aren't quite ready for that yet. So one other year might just make those guys ready, right? I and then also, and then also, if I don't, I don't think like the 49ers care as much about this as like fans do per se. Not that they're they don't like comp picks, but if they want to get those comp picks for Steve Wilkes, um, if he were to depart, he needs to be here two seasons to be able to get the team the two picks. So for a couple reasons, it would be a win for the 49ers. And for the if obvious he, reason, the third if reason, if he stays, yeah, the, th the third reason is the fact that he would stay and you get to keep him for another year, right? That's the obvious one. So three reasons for the 49ers, why it would be good if he stayed another year. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we hear another report about Steve Wilkes getting another interview request. Uh, but we'll just we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. I, but the, the, I think my concern would be more now who will the Niners bring in? But do you, and, and do you trust like and I know a lot of people saying, oh, Chris Kosarek might will be a great candidate. Yeah. I don't think he wants to be a defensive coordinator. He's he's clearly stated it. That that might that may have changed um you know after this season, but you know, we'll wait to see what happens when we cross that bridge when we get like you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I think that's kind of like what it comes down to. But as of right now, he's here. He's interviewing yeah. or and that's the way, that's what it is and we're just going to have to accept it. And whatever happens after that, we're going to have to accept it and figure out, you know, how to move forward, uh, whether he's here, or whether he's not. Yeah. And as Manly Shavers said, Kyle really can pick people around him that improves the team. That yep. is the one thing we can take away from all of this. I and, agree. And why I think we don't we shouldn't panic too much because Kyle has shown time after time, several times now that he can make the right hire at his coordinator spots and not miss a beat. That in itself is a huge plus to have in a head coach being able to, you know, choose his coordinators, choose his assistants. So, Agreed, yeah, I, we have a lot of trust in Kyle in that regard. But and, guys, and, and, and like you said, this the, this is the first time, Steph, he actually went outside to True. get the defensive coordinator yeah. and it's panned out and worked. So now we can do it internally and externally. So that's a bonus for the Niners. Yeah, and, and you know, Mart Wink Martindale, uh, I know some people mentioned him. He was fired by the Giants. Um, 
was it the Giants? Yeah, right. He resigned from uh-huh. Giants. He 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 left the Giants. He, he left, right. He, he didn't get fired. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know what opportunity he's looking for. I don't know if that's a fit. I guess again, like I'll I'll revert to to Kyle and and I'll see what Kyle thinks would be best. But that's only in the event that Steve Wilkes leaves, right? So we'll just have to wait and see, uh, see how it all shakes out. But for now, like you said, he's part of the team for now. So let's just keep riding with it. Guys, thank you so much for keeping the chat lit. You guys are awesome. Make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Not just mine, but Wayne's as well. Not just Wayne's, but mine's as well. And I saw one of these comments uh, earlier from Peachy. Join Wayne Breezy on Bleacher Report at 12.30 Eastern, 9.30 Pacific. Then TWBS at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Today is the call-in show. Don't miss it. Wayne, active today, man, as you always yeah. are. You got Wednesdays I mean, are a little busy, a little busy Wednesdays. Just a little busy. All right. Just well, I'm, I'm I'm glad you can join me on my Wednesday show. Like I said, uh, you know, it's we're missing John today, but this is one of my favorite shows of the week. So definitely hope you guys watch and feel the same way and appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. But for now, have a good rest of your Wednesday, folks. Peace.